0: Welcome to the Business Tune-Up, the podcast that'll help you find your business spark. You'll hear great stories, learn quick tips, tools, and ideas from two top-tier business coaches that each bring their own experiences and perspectives. Candice and Jim are both passionate about what they do and share the same goal to bring value, inspire, and help each client they work with reach their full potential. This podcast gives you business insights through genuine, authentic, and fun conversations. Here are Candice Eckstein and Jim Cummings. Hey, Candice.
1: Hey, Jim. How are (laughs) you? I'm really well, thank you. Yeah, things are really going well. I'm uh, I'm just busy enough, and I'm uh, I don't know what it is, but the stars and moons are just aligning, and great things are happening for me. How about you? How are you doing?
2: You know what? That's super nice to hear. It's um, not often where you hear people respond that way. A lot of the time you say to someone, hey, how's it going? Just fine. How are you? Whether, you know, they're really fine or not. And so I know I've fallen guilty to that too, but that was a really nice way to answer the question. And And not that the viewers can see you, they can hear you, but I can see the authenticity and the expression in your face when you say that and the big smile. And so um, that's really nice to hear that things are going well for you. And and I can't complain on my end too. I was mentioning to you just before we started the podcast that the 2022, 2023 school year is almost coming to an end. And yeah. so um, lots of mixed emotions with that for, for the kids and the parents. Um but that's sort of top of mind for me and my family right now. Is is looking at the school year's end and excited for the summer. So,
1: yeah. so that's the, where we are. All of those kids things are so far in the rearview mirror for me now. It's <laughs> my kids are all grown up and on their own, so you know I don't think about school anymore. That's the long gone.
2: Well, you know what I'd say, come with me next week for all the different commencements, all the different, it's like, I have 3000 kids, but for both of my kids who have commencements, but this year they're, they're doing something different where each child is only allowed two tickets. And I know in the past, maybe, you know, you could even mention when your kids kind of went through it. I don't know that there was the same limiter or restriction, Um, but it's interesting to navigate through that process. I speaking with other parents, most people would would like more than two tickets.
1: Right, right. Anyways,
2: enough about that. Here we are. Yes. Another monthly podcast.
1: Yes. So why don't you tell our listeners what we're going to talk about today?
2: So today, Jim actually found a really cool article and we've had a good fun conversations or, or several fun conversations about this topic and thought, you know what, let's turn it into a podcast because... There's probably merit and value in exploring it um, with our listeners. And so the article was written by Roselle Umlas, and I hope I pronounced her last name well, and it was in Hack Spirit. And she wrote that in, or it was last updated, let's say, June of 2023, so pretty recent. And it's called Successful People Never Waste Their Energy on These 10 Things, And as you and I said, after you shared the article with me, they're so relatable. And it was really easy, right, for both of us to easily align with, you know, all of the 10 items that that she outlines and, you know, certainly have fallen prey to these items at times. So anyways, without further ado, let's why don't we go through the list of the 10 items that she calls out. And our listeners can see whether they're relatable to them or not. And is there an opportunity to maybe try and focus less on a couple of them? And can you be successful without doing these things?
1: Oh, absolutely. So the uh, first one that she highlights is worrying about things that you cannot control. Oh, this is, this is really tough because my father used to say there are two kinds of problems in life there are the kinds of problems that you can do something about and there are the kinds of problems that you can do nothing about and the ones you can do something about you should do it and forget about it the ones you can do nothing about you should just forget about them and i i've i remember those words you know they they've echoed in my ears for decades now and and uh, my father's long dead but he he left that impression with me it really helps make some decisions if you're worrying about something ask yourself is this something that i can control that i can do something about and if it isn't do your very best to stop thinking about it stop worrying about it try and remind yourself compartmentalize it think about something else because it's completely wasted energy
2: yeah it's uh, it's so true but Easier said than done for sure. Like I, I can't imagine we would ever meet a person who, if they're being honest, has said that they haven't worried about something that's out of their control and whether it's in another person's control or it's environmental or whatever it is. Right. But this is a, this is a tough one, but Um, so important to be able to do what you said and try and really compartmentalize and really be more objective versus subjective. Really, is this something that I've got control over? Or if I'm being a hundred percent honest, you know, I I can't control whether it rains tomorrow or if it's sunny tomorrow, I, I, you know, I'm pulling out
1: sort of. No, the weather is a good example. example. You can control the weather. So don't worry about it. Just roll with the punches, right?
2: Yeah. Right. You think of somebody planning their wedding. Right. And they want an outdoor venue. Yeah. And with everything within them, they're hoping, right, yeah. maybe if you do that, that the weather's gonna, you know, align. But come the day of, it is what it is. Right. So what you can control is having a plan B. We're gonna plan to have our wedding outside, but should it, you know, be crappy weather, this is what we're gonna do. So great, great first one. So the second one that she mentions is seeking perfection.
1: Oh, yeah.
2: And uh, it was interesting, because when you and I were just saying good morning before we actually pressed (laughs) record, you know where I'm going with this, you made a comment about, about, you know, being perfect. And uh, I, you know, I'm making light of it for sure. But it's, you know, all jokes aside, we hold ourselves to such a high regard, which is not a bad thing. But holding yourself to a high regard and wanting to do your very best is different than needing to be perfect. You know, either ourselves needing to be perfect or the job that we're doing or, you know, something that our our kids have a test at school, whatever it is. Right. And you want a perfect score. It's so Easy to fall prey to, but I didn't get 100 out of 100, or I didn't do that perfectly, or my dinner didn't turn out perfect, or right. We use that word so loosely, but there is no perfect, right?
1: No, there absolutely is no perf- perfection. And sadly, in this Instagram age, it's even completely unattainable. Like, I, uh, it boggles my mind what people, the way they present themselves on social media in their image is completely unattainable and then other people are trying to emulate that look or their lives because they think that that's what they should be doing and it just ends up in a complete disaster we're going to talk about that one later on and that is don't compare yourself to other people but seeking perfection you know it's interesting um in business there's kind of a rule when you're building a product, that it doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to be good enough to sell. Now, I know that sounds kind of cynical, but it's true. As long as someone is willing to shell out money to buy it, it's good enough. And you should never, as a manufacturer, try and create anything better than that. Now, you, you could argue that there's a, a place in this world for quality, and some people will strive for much higher quality, and that's a good thing, but not absolute perfection because it's a mug's game. It's unattainable.
2: And how do you even define perfect, right? My definition of perfect wouldn't necessarily be your definition of perfect. You know, as the title of the article is, Successful People Don't Waste Their you know Energy on this, because it, as you said, it's it's unattainable, right? And we're not setting ourselves up to be successful if that's the bar we're striving for.
1: Well, and it also doesn't mean that they don't, you know, they it, it doesn't mean that they don't strive to be good at things and they don't work hard. There's a difference there. It just means that they they strive for excellence, not perfection. That's the difference. Okay, yeah. so being excellent at something does not mean that you're absolutely perfect at it. It's just, you're really good at it, okay? For sure, totally,
2: totally. Nothing. That's number
1: three. So the third one is repeating mistakes. So successful people don't repeat mistakes. And this is really interesting because, in other words, you learn from your mistakes and you you avoid that behavior in the future. Um, I used to tell all of my employees You're allowed to make mistakes in this company. You're just not allowed to make the same mistake twice. Okay. So, and I, that was a bit of an ominous warning, but, (laughs) but I wanted them to get a message there. And that is learn from your mistake, move on. You're, you're not fired. It's okay. You're human. You made an honest mistake, but don't do it again. You've, you've learned your lesson, avoid that behavior in the future. Uh, that's all, and I think that's true of all successful people. How do you feel?
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's making mistakes is is aligned with failing, right? In order to be as successful as possible, you have to fail. So it's not about failing; it's about what do you do when you fail? Right. How do right. you you know pick your butt up and how right. do you brush it off and how do you get past it? And it doesn't mean it doesn't suck. It doesn't. Hurt. It isn't disappointing. Whatever the emotion is that you associate with it, but you know, where is the opportunity? Where is the lesson learned? And how are you going to do better next time? Right? We look at all the most successful people in the world that have left some hugely amazing markers. People have failed. They all failed to get to where they are. So, making mistakes is okay. Not learning from them and continuously repeating them is is where the challenge
1: is or where it's not. Well, I've often said, show me a successful person, a successful business person, and I will show you somebody who has failed multiple times. Yeah, exactly. You know, making mistakes and failing is part of success, but making the same mistakes over and over and over, that's a choice that you've now chosen to live your life that way. And you're not changing your behavior in order to improve. And that's on you. That's that's the person in the mirror.
2: Yeah, right. absolutely. Okay. So then,
1: sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, what's number four? Go ahead.
2: Thank you. So number four is dwelling on the past. And in in the article, I'm just looking at the exact quote that she said. She said, we've all been there replaying past events or mistakes over and over in our heads, I'll be the first to admit it's an easy trap to fall into. And I just share that specific line because, you know, I'm honestly admitting, I've replayed things in the past, I have fallen prey to um, being stuck a little bit at events that have happened in the past. And again, like we were just talking about, what do you do when you fail or when you mistake? It's how you pick yourself up and move past it. The same thing, when something happens in the past that didn't have the outcome that you were looking for, I think it's okay to take some time to reflect, to pause, to understand the situation. You know, it's, it's part of growth, I believe. But then, you know, dwelling in the past, I think is, that's the uh, operative word, right? Dwelling, it's, we can't live in the past, right? It's how are we capitalizing on today? How are we moving forward to gain whatever we're looking to achieve in the future? But there is no value in in living in the past, I don't believe.
1: No, absolutely not. What's the old uh, saying that uh, living in the past leads to depression? Uh, living in the future leads to anxiety. So, uh, Dale Carnegie said, live your life in day-tight capsules. So, make today a really good day. Live in the moment. Enjoy this day. It's the only day you're going to have today. So, enjoy it, right? Yeah. And uh, really successful people don't. Now, as to your point, though, it does not mean that they don't learn from the past. So, like the previous comment, when you make a mistake, you need to analyze, what did I do wrong here? How am I going to prevent this in the future? Like that hurt. I don't want to do that again. Okay. So I'm going to learn from it and I'm going to move on, but I'm certainly not going to dwell and, and, you know, stew in my juices about things that happened long ago that I can't, again, it's part of, I can't control it. It's done. It's past. So let it go.
2: Yeah, I think um, you know, I, I do want to just mention though that I mean, while these all have merit to it and stuff, I think that it's the emotion that we associate to the event or the hurt or the disappointment, whatever it was that happened in the past, and we get stuck. And again, I can only speak about, you know, what I've gone through and I've how I've dealt with, you know, experiences um in my past, but you get stuck on the emotion, right? There's a fear associated with it. There's a deep hurt. There's a betrayal potentially from, you know, a personal relationship, a business relationship. And it is, it's really tough to kind of get the mindset, to change the perspective and to be able to leave it in the past. Again, appreciate, you know, the experience you went through as as crappy as it is or was potentially, there likely was a a lesson learned. And I know for me, some of my you know hurtful experiences or things that took me longer, let's say, to get past from the past. That past from the past, can I say that? (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, things that took me longer to sort of work through, it took time. I really needed to dedicate time to pause, to reflect, to understand the situation, to disassociate, get to move forward. So I guess all of that to say is, you know, these things that we're mentioning are, are sometimes easier said than done, but there really is value in being able to work through them and you will be more successful. I know it took me sometimes longer to understand and appreciate the lesson that I learned, especially if I was hurt or felt betrayed by somebody. But for me, again, personally, there really was always a lesson learned.
1: Well, to your point that nobody says this is easy. Okay. Yeah. I, I think one of the characteristics of very successful people is they have strength of character. They are able to control their emotions better than other people. They don't, they're not dominated by their emotions. They, they, they don't uh, let their emotions cloud their judgment. Okay. And that's, again, one of those things that is so much easier said than done because especially if you're like me, because I'm, apparently Irish, and (laughs) no offense to all the Irish people out there, but I have a fiery temper. And, you know, I can, and so as I age, I'm getting much, much better at controlling my emotions and looking at things, as you said earlier, more objectively. Try and be a little more objective about what's really going on here. And anyway, the point is, the past is the past. You can't change it. It's not going to help you to dwell on it. So let it go. That's why successful people focus on the things that are going to make them more successful at whatever it is, right? So they're not yeah. going to devote any energy or time to things that aren't going to make them successful. And one of those things is living in the past, dwelling on the past. So Yeah,
2: yeah. well said. What's number five?
1: Okay. Oh, this is, uh, I mean, it's similar. This one is related and that is holding grudges. So. I mean, I just, you know, I, again, I, I get where this comes from. If somebody has really burned you, it's so hard to let that go. It's like, I think it's human instinct to want to just yeah, rage at the moon about that person, right? Holding a grudge. is like, but if you think about it, it is a complete and utter waste of energy. Um, there's an old saying about how acid burns the vessel which contains it, okay? So so think about that, right? If If you're holding a grudge, it's only hurting you. It's not even affecting the other person because they're not even aware of it. They don't even know that you're holding this grudge. It is one of the worst things you can do for yourself is hold grudges.
2: So do you have a a strategy or a tool or something that you've used successfully to let go of grudges that if somebody is listening, has a grudge and they want to let go of it, but they don't know how, that you could recommend?
1: Oh, boy. Again, it's tough. I mean, there have been, I mean, I can count on one hand the number of people in my business career who have really burned me. And I was rightfully wronged. <laughs> there you go. Rightfully wronged. I, I was right to feel wronged, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Okay. Um, and so I had every right to hold a grudge. Um, I'm, I'm thinking of one in particular. And the way I got by that was I, uh, well, I think there's two ways. One is how much respect do you have for the person? If you have zero respect for them, then what's the point? Like, they just forget about that person. Okay. You shouldn't be associating with them anyway. All right. So if they, you know, do something to harm you, it should be like water off a duck's back. The flip, the other one is somebody who you really do respect. This is somebody who is, you know, a high achiever and, you know, someone who you would emulate. Okay. I was burned by somebody like that. All right. Mm-hmm. And the way I got by that was I just told myself, uh, I got (laughs) outskated. I I got outplayed, you know. Uh, somebody else beat me at a very high state game of chess and good on him. Okay. And so I thought, what would he, how would he respond to this? And the way he would have responded is exactly that. He would have said, You won, good on you. I'm gonna get you next time. Okay. And that's exactly what I did. And it it just kind of gave me. Uh, you know, a little bit of uh, let it go. You know, it's like, and and I'm not again. I'm not saying it's easy because that was years and years ago. And I mean, I don't again. I don't dwell on the past. Uh, but occasionally, whenever his name comes up, I, I I go through those emotions momentarily, right? And I have to say, whoa, whoa, stop! Not thinking about that. That's all in the past, right? So yeah, I don't hold grudges at all. Get
2: advice. It's tough. <laughs> It's definitely it's it's tough to do. Um, all right, number six in this article is fear of change. Yeah. This also is is a big one. Uh, fear is an emotion that can really just trap us, right? It can just make us stuck in so many aspects of our life. I know we're, you know, this podcast is focused mostly on on business um so for business owners leaders high performers but really at the end of the day whether it's in our business day or in our or in our personal world fear i mean both worlds spill over right so if we have a fear that's associated for something it's going to impact all aspects of our life but you know successful people i don't think that they don't have fear but they have the courage to to work through it and so i think that you're still I'll say scared or fearful about whatever it is you're trying to overcome or to achieve but you push through the fear and I think that's what the difference is it's but again it's it's hard and you know the fear of change i think about what we all went through the last number of years the changes with covid and how that impacted our businesses and we've spoken obviously based on the industry um, it didn't impact everybody in, in the same capacity, but everybody was impacted—some positively, some negatively. But how everybody embraces that, navigates through it, um, doesn't look the same. And if you're fearful, you're stuck, right? Yeah. You're really, really stuck. But how do you push through fear, right? When you're that stuck, how do you push through it?
1: Yeah. So, so uh, yeah, this this is so cool because I, I I couldn't agree more with with the author on this that. that Really successful people, they don't fear change. They embrace it. They don't give it a second thought. It's like their whole life is about how can we change this up to make it better? Okay. And it it, it starts with things like, um, I'll give you an example. I think it's, 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 it's a human emotion. It, well, it's perfectly natural for people to stick with what they know, right? And so an example would be a restaurant. Some people have, or a meal, right? There's a certain meal that they really like. And that's, so they keep going back to that. Or they go to the same restaurant because they know what they're going to get and they don't want anything to surprise them. And they really like what they're going to get. So they they always go to the same restaurant or they go to the same holiday resort every time because they know what they're going to get. It's their favorite place. They have great memories there and that's fine. But really successful people, even though they've had a wonderful meal in a wonderful restaurant, they'll say, What other restaurants are available? And they'll look elsewhere for another new and possibly different experience. And with that, they're constantly growing. They're constantly putting themselves out there. They're they're taking risks, yes. And that's one of the things that I think I would have added to this list is successful people take risks. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so, but fearing change is something that successful people don't do. They don't even... No no time to think about it. Now, that doesn't mean that you take stupid risks, but you take calculated risks and you say change is a constant that if you're not changing, if you're not moving forward, you're actually moving backward because the whole rest of the world is moving forward. And if you're standing still, that means everyone's going past you. Okay, so you have to move forward and change and embrace change just to keep up in business.
2: Well, most successful business owners or leaders or high performers have a growth mindset. I think you have to have a growth mindset in order to be successful and and remain successful. And a lot of that is overcoming fear. Again, it doesn't mean that, that you're not scared. When I made the transition from working corporately for over 20 plus years to then navigating to owning my own business and becoming an entrepreneur, I was scared. I had a lot of fear associated with the risks that I was taking, the changes that I was making. But Brene Brown has um, a quote choose courage over comfort. And I always held that quote somewhere pretty close and reminded myself you know, having fear is okay choosing comfort uh, or choosing courage is the way to go and it doesn't mean it's not going to be uncomfortable i think it it has to be a little bit uncomfortable but you've got to push through it you've, you've got to push through the scary part i was coaching with somebody yesterday and it was sort of all around the premise of shh, shh. doesn't know how to navigate outside of her comfort zones she's got you know this beautifully defined box let's say of what her comfort zones are and she can't step outside of that box, right? And anyways, it was it was a really rich conversation, but at, at, at the end of the day, it comes down to fear, right? It's it's fear yeah. is not allowing her to step outside of her comfort zones. And so fear could really, really hold us back. And so in the premise of this article, successful people push through fear where they navigate.
1: Right. And what what kind of yeah. fear is it? It's the fear, it's the fear of failure. and really successful people aren't afraid to fail. There is no shame in failure. there's there's the you know, um uh, Carlos Fox says there is no failure, only feedback. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of a neat way of looking at things that you know, don't be ashamed about failing. Take chances. Change is about risk. Change is about taking risks. And risk involves, the potential to fail but successful people don't see failure as a bad thing so that's why they they do and that's why they are successful i just i love this i love this stuff this is great
2: yeah awesome. what's number 7 jim
1: okay so number 7 is successful people don't waste any time waiting for the perfect moment okay this is kind of a subset of number 2 which is striving for perfection Okay. Yeah. Waiting for that perfect moment to make a decision, procrastinating because the timing isn't right or it's just not perfect. Okay. Uh, it's it, my my good friend Joe McGee, the, the the real estate agent, taught me a really great lesson. He said, "You know what? The way to buy a house in this kind of market is to know exactly the type of property you're looking for." And, you know, all the boxes, have them all there and say, this is exactly the kind of property I'm looking for. Have your money ready, have everything in in place and keep your powder dry and just keep watching. And when that property comes up, strike, take it, seize the moment. Don't waste any time thinking about it. You may not have all the boxes ticked, not every single one of them, but as long as most of them are ticked, it's not perfect, but it's pretty darn good then shoot and and go and do it. Don't wait for it to be perfect because perfection doesn't exist. You'll be sitting there waiting forever and ever.
2: Well, that's it, right? Waiting for the quote unquote perfect moment is it's really, it's an excuse to not do it right now. Again, typically because there's fear of failure, a worry, a concern, whatever the emotion is, right? That's negatively driving it. But i I, I think about myself even, if you know from a non-business perspective, but a personal perspective, if I want to focus a little bit more closely on my health, and I say, "Okay, I'm going to stop eating gluten," or "I'm going to have one less ice cream a day," I'm going to start tomorrow because tomorrow is the perfect day to to start that. Well, then tomorrow comes and goes, and then the next day, and then a month later. Well, you know, July 1st is the perfect day to do it. My point is, is I know how silly that sounds, and if I really, really, really wanted to you know stop eating ice cream or stop eating gluten or whatever it is i'm going to start right now right now is the time to do it right it's it's uh, there is no sort of perfect moment to do it and then again in business right if you need to make changes in your organization if you need to put together some smart goals are you, are you going to wait for the next quarter if it's important you're going to do it there is no perfect moment
1: well so think about relationships you know, the people who wait for the perfect partner are going to wait their entire lives because he or she doesn't exist or they, I should say, (laughs) don't exist. Okay. So waiting for perfection is a mug's game. Just don't, don't do it. Don't just know what you want, tick most of the boxes and pull the trigger and move on. That's what successful people do.
2: It's about making a smart decision, right? Again, it comes back to like what we said. Yeah. Get your facts as straight as you can. Make a smart decision. It's not about being silly or or, or taking unnecessary risks. But if something's important personally or professionally, you know, pick a time. Sometimes things are seasonal, let's say in a, in a, some businesses for sure, right? But it's picking at the smart time, um, not the perfect time.
1: Well, and the other thing that comes to mind is that it's better to make a decision and act on it, even if it turns out to be the wrong decision. And the reason for that is not making a decision is nearly always wrong. It's nearly always the wrong decision. So action-oriented people don't wait for the perfect moment. They wait for the opportune moment. It's like striving for excellence, not perfection this is really good stuff. Really good mm-hmm. stuff. All right. What's number? Did I do that one?
2: You did that one. So number right. eight is participating in gossip or negative talk. So successful people don't waste their energy or time um, being part of a gossip or, or negative talk, or I guess we've heard the term water cooler talk, all it's sort of the bad.
1: same thing. It's too bad this isn't a video because can you see me rolling my eyes here? Oh my god!
2: <laughs> yeah, for all of you that obviously can only hear Jim and not seem like I can, his body language is is um, is screaming at us right now. <laughs> so yeah, right? Like there's just so much drama associated with with gossiping and, and negative talk, and we have to always be so aware of. The language we're using for ourselves, right? Because if I'm, and I'm just digressing for a second, but again, we've all, or most of us, I have fallen prey to sort of having some negative self-talk before. Um, and that's something to be aware of, right? So we're, we're saying positive things to ourselves, not negative things. And then to be part of gossip or drama in the office and just It's just—it's an energy sucker. There is there is no value or benefit to getting caught in the circle of of negative gossip and drama.
1: What comes to mind is the old adage: "Great people talk about ideas. Average people talk about things. Small people talk about other people." And I'm telling you, just think about that. What is it you and I? not to toot our own horn here, but what are you and I doing today? Are we talking about people and gossiping? No. Are we talking about stuff, things, uh, you know, material objects, the car that I bought, blah, blah, blah? No. We're talking about ideas. And that's where the magic is. Successful people they get jazzed by cool ideas and smart people and engaging them in conversation about ideas i don't waste a second and it it kind of grates me whenever i hear other people doing it i have to leave i can't if i hear people just gossiping you know behind other people's backs i can't handle it i have to leave the room i can't because i'm going to say something i'm going to regret <laughs> so i don't right
2: I mean, clearly people find, you know, entertainment, if I could use that word, loosely in yeah. it at the time. They've got something going on in their life that's maybe not pleasant or nice or nothing that they're excited about. It gives them a distraction right. um, to take the focus off themselves. But really, at what cause? And, and at, at, you know, how is that helping the environment or the culture? of the organization. Now, if you're gossiping to say, hey, you know, Bob and Sally are, are, are getting married and we'd like to throw them, you know, a luncheon, a surprise luncheon in the office, that's not gossip, right? That's for the greater good to positively impact the culture, for team morale, to um, support your colleagues. So we're talking about negative gossip that doesn't add value.
1: Well, so gossip is basically a form of bullying, when you think about it. It, It's cowardice. It's people who, and and again, it's a natural instinct, I think. I don't know what prompts people to do it, but, you know, gabbing about other people behind their backs is something that some people love to do. But the whole point of this exercise is that if you know how successful people behave, and you yourself would like to be successful, wouldn't you want to behave? the way successful people behave. So that's one of the things. Don't allow yourself to to get involved gossiping about other people. Just don't do it. Walk away or change the topic. Uh, Don't get involved in it. Anyway, successful people don't do that.
2: Number nine.
1: Okay, number nine (laughs) is successful people don't waste any energy trying to please everyone. Um, And this is kind of like a subset of, you know, seeking perfection or waiting for the perfect moment. And that is, you're never going to be able to please everyone. So deal with it. In fact, uh, I I used to be friends with John Baird years ago, the the politician, and I'm pretty sure it was him who said to me, um, you know, Jim, if I've made half the people angry, then I know it's probably the right decision. You know, he's happy with 50%. <laughs> Don't please everyone. He you know, getting half means it was probably good. I'm moving forward with that. Okay?
2: Well, and as as the article um depicts, it's it's actually impossible. You're never going to please everybody. You're going to, you know, set yourself up to be unsuccessful if you think that you can go in and to please everyone. It's just it's it's impossible you know, to set yourself up. It's like reaching for perfection, again, to do it. And that doesn't mean, you know, don't support people, don't help people, don't do what you can, you know, to to teach people, what, whatever it is, right? But to please everyone, everyone being the awkward word,
1: it's just, it's not going to work. No, and it's a because it, it is impossible. Everyone not So If you if you have 10 people, they're all going to have 10 different needs, 10 different opinions, 10 different ideas of the way things should be done. And if you make a decision, you know there's going to be a percentage of them who aren't going to like it. So if you spend any time trying to convince them or trying to be, even worse, alter your behavior or your decision in order to please them, now you're going to peeve off the people at the other end who were happy originally. So just again, you know, it's a numbers game. If you uh, if you get the majority on side, go with it. And you're always going to have people who aren't going to be happy with it. They have to deal with it. That's on them. The decision has been made uh, through whatever process, democratic or whatever, or even autocratic. If you've made the decision, hopefully it was, you know, a measured decision
2: and i think it's 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 setting the expectation from the forefront as a business owner as a business leader you're sometimes going to bring people together on your team your leadership team employees whatever it is to discuss an idea maybe you want to redefine the company's values as an example you want to bring you know some of your top leaders together to have a rich conversation about what should our values be at the end of the day same five values or be 100% in alignment with it so at what point do you make the decision? At what point do you take consensus? But it's setting the expectation to saying, you know, in this case, we're going to have a conversation. I want to hear where everybody's ideas are, where your thoughts are, and then I'm going to take it away and I'll present you with what our five values are going to be, you know, totally making it up. But you're never going to please 100% everybody all the time.
1: Exactly. All right, so I think we may have just frozen. uh oh, are you? You're back. I think my internet connection is <laughs> is a little bit freezy. Anyway, uh, let's keep going. What's the last point?
2: All right. Well, just for the record, you weren't freezy on me. I no? didn't see okay. you the whole time. All right. Oh, big smiles and everything. So number ten, we're almost there. Comparing themselves to themselves to others. So. Highly successful people, or successful people, as the article says, don't put energy into comparing themselves to other people. So I know better, Jim, than to compare myself to you and all of your great oh, accomplishments.
1: Oh, stop! <laughs> stop! See, I feel exactly the same way. It, You know, I don't compare myself to you because of all the awesome stuff that you do. There you go. I
2: think we've all or again, I don't want to make assumptions, but a number of us have played the comparison game before. And again, it's it's you kind of do it without even thinking about doing it. And it becomes sometimes a habit, but with everything, habits and patterns form, and it's about breaking them, right? But there's nothing healthy about comparing yourself to somebody else. The best thing I think you can do is compare yourself to yourself, right? If you're looking to... Um, making it up, run a race, and you got ten seconds last time. I don't know what kind of a race you'd run to get ten seconds. Certainly not one I would ever run to get that. So let's say ten minutes, ten minutes, right? And now next time it's like nine minutes and forty-five seconds, right? But again, my point is you're comparing yourself to your to yourself, and um, I think it's important to, to have smart goals, both personally, professionally, and for your your business. But it's not me comparing myself to Jim. Jim comparing himself to me. Successful people don't compare themselves to other people. I think you learn from other people. I think successful people, while it's not specifically in this article, but I do think successful people um, have mentors, uh, learn from from teachers and mentors and and friends, Um, but it's not about comparing.
1: No, and I think, I don't know, but I think it's partly... The human emotion of jealousy, you know, that we, or envy perhaps that when, you know, we see somebody else who has something that we don't have, or they can do something that we can't do, or they are, uh, they are something that we are not, and we want to be like that and we're not, um, as you say, that's a totally negative thing. It's a negative emotion. It doesn't help us in any way. What I do, you asked me earlier, do you have any strategies when you start feeling like that? What I do now is I'm proud of them. I, I say, way to go. Like, you are so awesome. Like, I, I'm so happy for you that you've done this or that you are this or that you can do that. And now I gain happiness from other people's accomplishments or you know the good things that they do and i can't be like that for whatever reason i'm not good enough or whatever but i can take pleasure in their success rather than envy them or you know be jealous about what they have and yeah. and i don't know it to me it's just really successful people don't waste any time thinking about other people
2: no, yeah, absolutely. I and and I love what you said. I think just the notion of celebrating, sometimes we we don't take enough time to celebrate or to recognize our accomplishments, our friends' accomplishments, our employees' accomplishments. And recognition goes really, really long way, whether it's just to say thank you, thanks, Jim. I really appreciate that, or you know, something on a grander scale. But Celebrating your own accomplishments, right? and And if there is something that that you've done that I think is really neat and you're taking the time to teach me and show it to me and then I start making some gains in that way, how cool is that? right? Sure. but but celebrating you know how far we've come, what we've done, learning from you know the cool people in our lives, they not comparing ourselves to them. No. not you, you're not me.
1: Oh, and just to reiterate something that you said, the only person you should try to be better than is the person that you were yesterday, right? Think about that. Yeah, right? Well, you you said that, right? You compare yourself to yourself and try and make today a better day than yesterday was. I'm going to be a better person today than I was yesterday, right? And well, it's about progress too, right? Well, yeah, exactly. Making progress. And the, uh, uh, one last thought I'd, I'd like to leave with, with people on this one is that if you surround yourself with successful people, we tend to rise to their level. Okay. And so one of the things, I mean, doing this podcast with you is thrilling for me. And I'm not just, you know, blowing smoke here. Okay. Uh, it's It's fantastic because you see things differently than I do. You give me a perspective that I I can't see because I have my own filters that I look through at the world. You see the world completely differently. And so it it allows me an opportunity to grow and be a better person. And that's, you know, you're a successful person and I admire you and I love hanging out with you because you make me a better person.
2: Wow, Jim, what do I even say to that? (laughs) All right, I think we just got to go now.
1: No,
2: I really, what?
1: No, one of my clients just yesterday said, Jim, I uh, listened to one of your podcasts last week, and uh, it was great. It was, I think she said it was the one on um, uh, how to put more structure in your workday, which I think is one of the recent ones that we did. And uh, she said, you know, Candice is awesome because she reigns you in. You go off in all these different directions. And she goes, okay, getting back to the topic that we were talking about. That's
2: hilarious. Well, listen, I, I appreciate your, your client's kind words. And really, I, I appreciate everything you just said. And honestly, ditto. It's You know, we had said from the get-go when we had decided to come together and do this podcast, there was a couple of uh, unequivocal factors that if any of these things ever changed, then we would know that it would be time to end the podcast. And one was fun, right? One was to make sure that there was always fun. And and two was that there was growth, right? That we recognize that there really is an opportunity to learn from each other. You and I while our while our core values are very aligned in in what we holistically you know believe is is the right things we do see things very differently and we respectfully can challenge each other and and i appreciate that i can learn from you that you can challenge me that you have the ability to well, have you thought about it this way or have you tried that way? Most of the time I haven't because like you said, we see things through our lens. And unless we hang around other successful people that can, you know, help us along our journey and enrich our lives, really, we become stagnant and that becomes really boring. Right. So successful people hang around other
1: successful people. Exactly. Exactly. Well, this has been fun, Candice. This is one of my favorite topics. I just love talking about stuff like this. So that was great. So with that, I'm Jim. And I'm Candice. And this has been?
2: The Business Tune-Up. Thanks, everyone. Have an awesome day.
0: See you next time. Thanks for listening to the Business Tune-Up podcast with Candice and Jim. Got a question about something you heard today? Want to learn more? Connect with Candice or Jim through LinkedIn and send them a message. Thanks for listening. And until next time on the Business Tune-Up, continue to find your spark.